my recommendation is don't find excuses but find solutions there will be always problems just how you actually look at them and the second biggest recommendation is people wait for an opportunity to emerge and you shouldn't wait it you need to chase an opportunity because if you just sit and waiting for someone to call you yeah someone will call you but then you're missing all the opportunities of connecting with other people of uh, you know business is a life matter as you talk with people you reshape your service you upgrade your logic you introduce new services you as you talk with people you understand new market needs that you were not even aware before it and then you think okay but i can actually add a new service so if you start talking with people and if you start getting into the networking is a very promising for entrepreneurs to succeed and if they stop finding excuse and start finding solution then i can guarantee that they will be a very successful entrepreneurs welcome friends to the entrepreneur speaks i'm your host kofi anumedu each week i host an amazing entrepreneur on their journey successes and challenges it is my hope that we'll learn from their experiences as we all work towards living a life of passion and purpose. I'm pleased to have my guest with us today. His name is Dancho Demkov. He's a founder and CEO of Bisbee Solutions. He is passionate about helping small businesses defy statistics of failure by bringing his many years of experience and expertise to the table. He joins me today to share his journey as well as offer useful advices for businesses. Welcome to this episode of The Entrepreneur Speaks, Dancho. Hello. Hi, hi Coffee. Thank you very much for having me on The Entrepreneur Speaks podcast. First, congratulations on spelling my name right because I've seen a lot of variation in terms of Danko, Dan, Dan, CO or some stuff. So you got it right from the first time. So that is a positive mark. Thank you, Dancho. Thank you. Let's get to know you some more. Can you please tell us about yourself and how growing up was like? Sure, sure. I mean, there is a long story which could take four days in telling you all my history or there is a <laughs> shorter story as always. But uh, honestly, if I need to summarize in few bits, is actually I'm a serial entrepreneur because I actually had started several companies in my lifetime. I'm currently proud founder of Bisbee Solution, which is my core competence and my main child of a business that I've brought in. I'm a proud husband for like, oof, probably six years. I'm not sure, but don't tell about that. And <laughs> at least I know I'm a proud father of a baby boy, which is a three years old. And that's for that, I'm a certain. <laughs> <laughs> the, the bit longer story on how I was growing up is, is a bit longer one. Um, I think that I've been an entrepreneur my whole life. I mean, my earliest recording in in my memory about doing any kind of business is fourth grade so i made my first sell and my first business at fourth grade actually at that time i was not aware it's actually a business i mean you're a fourth grader you don't really expect that you're gonna start thinking in that way but here is the story uh, i was on a holiday and i actually bought a full bag and by bag i think 10 kilos of candy which was a big 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 bag You've seen those okay. plastic bags with a lot of candy inside? Yes. 
Well, as a fourth graders, that sounds like a lot. So I actually went to school and I started selling them. So I bought in bulk. I started selling them individually. And, you know, I've started selling to other fourth graders who, of course, don't have money. So <laughs> this is funny. We've started bartendering. We've started compensating. So I'll give you five candies. You give me a pen. I'll give you six candy. You give me a pencil. I give you 10 candies. You give me a notebook. And soon enough, I started getting a lot of stock of all the school materials that I did not really need. And the funny part is the teacher caught me. And I was so scared because he was an old guy, you know, 40, 50 something. And when he realized that I was selling, instead of screaming at me, he was like, okay, I want to buy some for my grandchild. And I was like, holy shit, he's going to actually pay about this. He he gave me, I don't know, quarter of dollar, a very small amount, but that's actually the first money I ever got from, from my business. And to, to keep it going in a short version, of course, in, in high school, I started another venture, but it was in CDs. So you buy in bulk 300, 500 CDs. Then I live in a small town where I could actually resell one by one and actually start making, earning the change. Then I moved to the capital on college. And during university, I actually started my first official company. It's called Advert SMS, and I was only 21 years old. I had no idea what I'm doing. I had no previous experience as an employee, so I had to catch up everything on the fly. To give you a quick background, an Advert SMS was a mobile marketing agency, so my point was that I would I want to start sending SMEs. This is back in 2000. And of 7, 2008, when there was no Facebook, there was no Twitter, Twitch, Instagram, and all the fancy tools that are now. So SMEs were quite efficient at that time. And when I started, you know, we had the same problem. Where can we find uh, users to start sending the SMS? And that was the revolution I had at that period. I said, okay, what if I create a questionnaire and start sending it to people that they can fill your name, your surname, your age, your, your education, your interests. And then I can actually go to companies and say, okay, I have advanced targeting. I can actually filter out males only from 25 to 30 years old and I can, that have interest in sports and I can put a specific SMS to them. I mean, this is before even Facebook was invented and the advanced targeting was such a great concept that I actually got the global innovator for 2008, which was an international reward by the World Bank. So. After that reward, I actually got a lot of open doors. I went as a guest speaker in Brazil on a global entrepreneurship and innovation forum, then another one in India, then another one in Finland. So it opened quite a lot of doors for me. Fast forward, after college at 28, I actually started BSB Solution, which is my heart and soul at this point. And when I started BSB, I already had the experience. I mean, when I started Advert SMS, I didn't know how to sell. I didn't know how to market. I didn't know how to create a simple invoice. For me, it was weird because I had to take some of our suppliers and just recreate the invoice because I had zero experience at that time. But when I started BSB, I said, okay, now I know what I'm doing. So that's the fast forward on how I actually grow up through several companies and there are several failed startups in between, but I'm sure I'll tell you more about them at a later stage of this podcast.
Thank you very much for this introduction. Now let's talk about your business, Bisbee Solutions. What can you tell us about the business and what services do you offer? Sure. I mean, Bisbee Solution actually started with uh, actually more than five years ago, if I remember correct. I mean, time flies so fast. And when we started, we actually had several different services like market research, business planning, product sourcing, lead generation. Uh, fast forward, now we have more than 20 employees. We have a portfolio of more than 350 clients from around the world. I mean, uh, you name a country, we have a client there. So if we're looking at uh, Canada in uh USA, in Latin America, in Europe, in Asia. I mean, we even had several clients from Africa that we actually helped them a lot. Uh, Kofi, where, where are you from actually in Africa? From Ghana. From Ghana. Mm -hmm. I will actually look this up if we actually worked with someone from Ghana. And I'll tell you later, of course. But uh, we had several clients from Africa where we were they were very strong entrepreneurs, entrepreneurs, and they just needed help. And I was there to actually help them in order to, to start a business and grow. The latest thing that we're having in Bisbee Solution is that from that entrepreneurial world, we now move to business and sales support services. So when it comes to cold outreach and B2B sales, that's something that we are really passionate about. It is the place, that unique angle that we found so good that now we are like the go-to guy. Whenever there is a company that says, I need an outreach, then they come to us. And I just checked as we were discussing. Uh, we actually had a home automation entrepreneur from Ghana that was interested in creating uh, an IT solution that will... Uh, automate the home. So, you know, sensors, lights on, lights off, curtains and things. And this is in June 2015. So we were working with a Ghana entrepreneur in order to help him in order to create a, a business plan on how they can actually start that business. Then on another one from Ghana, there was an airplane airline business plan where we were working with the entrepreneur in order to help him uh, understand the, the feasibility of whether it's doable to create an airline in Ghana. I don't know if that entrepreneur actually started it, so you should check if you have any local airlines. But if they did, I would be so happy about it. Wow, that's interesting. It would be good to get to know who the person is, and I'll check whether the person is still in operation or whether the person started at all. Yeah, I just checked that there is just one more entrepreneur that I helped from Ghana. That's why I said, Kofi, when we're talking international, I really think international. So there was another business entrepreneur that wanted to, to start gold refinement. Wow, that's really exciting. So we actually did some market research in order to understand the industry, the market, even the regulations in the gold refining. And we actually were looking at the competitors. So I had three entrepreneurs, all from Ghana, that we actually worked with over the years. This one was, is from 2020, so that's the, the latest project we were working in Ghana. Wow, that's very interesting. So what's the story behind the setup of Bisbee Solutions? What's the story behind the setup? Oof, that's a, that's a tough one. 
Hmm. Well, you know what? I mean, not to to put two very long stories. I was working for a IT company and it was a software and hardware development company and they had their own solution. So I spent like two or three years working as a head of R&D as a full time. But the difference is that while I was doing that, in my free time, I was actually doing freelancing because I'm not an IT guy. I'm a really good at economics, at business, at marketing, at sales, at entrepreneurship, but not at IT. So I found it really, really hard to, to work with IT people. You know, they have like a different parallel universe where they're in their own world. And in order to reach to them and to properly communicate was a headache. So in my free time, I was actually joining this freelance platform. It's like Upwork. It was Odesk, I think, at that time. Uh, People per hour, freelancer.com. You name a freelance platform, I was there. And the difference was that I had a full-time job of eight hours, but after work, I was actually keeping on my freelance work. The funny part was that I actually enjoyed more after work because I was talking with entrepreneurs, with people that are so excited, that have an idea or a vision that they can actually want to change the world rather than going on a work with administration, with logistics. I was a head of a department. So I had to take care of everything. So the inspiration came here that I actually enjoy more working with entrepreneurs rather than having a full-time corporate job. And at one point, I actually started earning more money as a freelancer than a f- than the full-time job. It was a weird thing because, you know, I go get up early, I go at work, I spent eight hours there. After work, I go home and I spent another eight hours as a freelancer. So that was a tough time. In between, I was doing my education. I mean, I managed to do one master on entrepreneurship, which is what I love. So I actually signed up for a master on entrepreneurship. And in between, I also did one executive MBA on management. So I was doing the education. I had a full-time job and I had another freelance full-time job after that. That was really tough period. I mean, it is hard to manage two masters and two jobs at the same time. Anyway, the point was that when I started earning more as a freelancer, I've realized that I had to leave the the permanent job. It was a risky and bold move because, you know, you have a stable job full-time with a big salary. I mean, IT world, they always have big salaries. And you need to go to the unknown where you are as a freelancer. You know, now you have projects, then you might not have it in three months from now. But I made that leap of faith and I actually did it. I just quit my job and I said, okay, I'm just going to start working as a freelancer. Now, that was a very interesting part of my life because I've realized that as a freelancer, I don't need to be physical in one place. I convinced my just married wife at that point that she can also be a freelancer so we can travel around the world. I mean, not around the world. You need the budget for that. But around Europe was pretty close for us. I mean, I'm from Macedonia. I jumped in a car, started going, went to Serbia, went to Hungary, went to Germany, went to uh, Netherlands, went to uh, downwards Belgium, went to France. Uh, it's like 45 days Euro trip where you wake up, you work a bit, you go sightseeing, you go to a 
restaurant or a coffee shop, you keep on working, uh, you keep on sightseeing at night, you keep working a bit, then you keep on traveling. So it was a very exciting and discovery experience for me because with a car, you just put tank and you just drive. So that was very interesting. And I said, okay, if this is life, I can live like this forever. Make some money, spend some money, enjoy life. But then at one point, I got sick somewhere in, in France or it was in Netherlands that nothing serious, honestly. But on the other hand, it made us rethink how we currently work. Because when I was sick for a few days, my wife couldn't work either. I couldn't work either, which is a big point and a big problem if you're working as a freelancer located in a hotel somewhere in the middle of France. So that got me thinking. It's like, okay, if I want to make this sustainable, I really need to have a company. And on the other hand, you know, a newlywed wife, we were also started thinking about raising a family, having a kid. And I was aware that if my wife gets pregnant, there is no way I can actually keep up with the work or she could keep up with the work. So the only logical solution was to, to start a company. I mean, at this point, we said, you know what, let's start a company, let's invest some time, bring some people in-house. So when my wife gets into the labor and leave, then we could have people still generating revenue for us, even if we take a step back. So that's why we said, okay, with high risk, with not a lot of money, I mean, we're really bootstrapped, so no money, to be clear. We said, let's start BSB, let's buy some computers on a credit card, and let's get four interns. So nothing fancy, nothing uh, exciting. It's just getting four interns, people to start helping and start building them uh, along the way. So that's how we actually got to the to starting up BSB Coffee. Wow, that's very interesting. What has been some of the challenges you've encountered in running BSB? That is a tough question. <laughs> there are a lot of challenges. I mean, we had a lot of upsides and ups and downs. And my biggest problem was that when I started BSB, as I told you, I was a freelancer. I didn't need marketing. I didn't need sales. I, I would just go to Upwork and I'll just scroll through the gigs, you know, okay, someone needs a business plan. Can I do it? I apply. I cannot do it. Just keep it. But at some point we grow to 20 plus people in-house and the freelancing was no longer an option. We needed more stable project. And then I've realized that I need to start the outreach process because you cannot really have a client without any marketing budget. Uh, you cannot say, okay, I'll just wait for the phone to ring and someone would probably show up and ask for a service. I need to, you know, put my gear on and start proactively looking for, for clients. So that was the biggest challenge that we were facing. Freelancing was not enough. We had to figure out a way how we can start proactively looking for clients. And honestly, I was so excited with that and so interested that after we figured that out, we actually started offering our outreach service, which is based on our points. And the second challenge that I actually had was that it's very hard to train employees and keep them uh, loyal. I mean, as I told you, we've started with just four interns and me and my wife, which then grow to four employees, then to 10, 
then to 12, then to 15, then to 20. And being just on top of it, it is really a headache. Uh, I wasn't ready for that. Now we have a team, a sales team with a sales manager. Uh, we have a marketing team with a marketing manager. And we have two or three project managers that are currently handling the execution of the project. Now with this structure, I can actually take a step back and just let my team do the job and I can actually focus on growing the business even further. Just as you talked about challenges, I believe there's also been a lot of lessons you've picked up along the line. Can you share some of these lessons with us? Well, with every challenges, there are mistakes. And after every mistake, you you need to to upgrade your logic and try to, to, to do things differently. My, my first lesson is that you really cannot wait for the clients to come knocking. I've said it many times. It's like build it and they will come. Well, nobody comes, especially if you're an entrepreneur. If you're just starting your business, you need to be very agile and proactive. You need to get your phone up, start calling people, start reaching out to prospects. I mean, it doesn't need to be phone. If you're not comfortable in talking, if you're uh, not comfortable in discussing in real time, there are written communication and outreach capabilities. You can start sending emails in terms of, hi, my name is Kofi. I would really believe that I can help you. Or here is LinkedIn, which is a very good B2B platform that you can just start reaching out to people, connecting with them and start seeing if there is an opportunity for them. So the lesson one is that you cannot really wait for clients to come because if you wait, if they don't come, then you have a really big problem. The, the second one is that you really need to start taking chances. Uh, BSB, although is now a bit more mature company, we still take some high-risk chances. I mean, there was a project back when we started, when we were just seven people as a company, and the project required 10 people full-time for two months. And that was a very risky move. But what I did is actually I just hired 10 new people because I had existing commitment with the existing clients. And then within seven days, we find offices, we bought computers, we bought desks, we bought chairs, we interviewed people, we recruited 10 people, all within seven days. And instead of that should be my biggest success. Then the biggest problem was that now, okay, now I have two months to find work for those people because the project was only for two months. And after that, I would either need to leave them or, which the challenge I accepted, I have two months to actually find enough work to keep them all. And we did it. Within two months, we found enough work for 10 more people, which was you know, we were seven people, 10 new is really exponential growth. And the third lesson that I saw is that people are capable of great things. You just need to put some time and effort in them. I've realized from the mistakes, you need to see what people are happy doing it, what inspires them and just give them that work. I mean, we've made mistakes. We found a person that is not really good in sales and we said, okay, you know what? You're going to be sales. They were doing great job, but since it's not their core, it's not their inspiration, it never went to the next level. On the other hand, now when we recruit people, we're saying, okay, start doing some general things. Let's see what, what you enjoy doing, what inspires you, and let's put you in that position. Because I know that if you're interested, it's no longer a boring job. Time stop being counted. You start even learning after work, during work, because that's really exciting for you and that's your passion. And if you know your passion, then our job is just to give you a direction and then we see some very great results, Coffee. You've talked about inspiration for people. 
what inspires you to do what you're doing? Well, first and most, my family. That's like number one in any prioritization that I do because as much I have to work, when I go home, I have a wife that is waiting for me and a three-year-old baby boy. And I don't know how your listeners can connect, but when we're talking about a three-year baby boy, he's so full of energy. He's just waiting for me to come home and like, daddy, daddy, let's play. So regardless how exhausted I am, regardless how hard day I have, when I come home, you just need to restart, forget about work and just be, be be with the family. The next thing that actually inspires me is the employees that I have. I mean, they do magic. By magic, I don't mean something weird, but in terms of, you know, they're young people. They're eager to learn. They're eager to experiment. They're eager to grow in their career. So just by giving them directions and give them op- thoughts and and talking to them on how they can further grow, it's really inspiring to, to teach that people on how they can become better. And finally, I'm really passionate at what I do. Maybe that's why I stopped counting time. I, I don't know how many hours I'm working, how many I'm arresting, because there is always something new. There is always something interesting. And when you are passionate about your job, it's no longer a job. I mean, I've talked with many entrepreneurs and you see the difference between a successful entrepreneur and an unsuccessful one is that the unsuccessful one is motivated by I need to make some money, while the successful one is just like looking at what are their hobbies and try to make money out of them. So if you're an artist and you love painting, just figure out how to make that into a profitable business. If you're really interested in doing a podcast, for example, and you just love doing that, then you should start considering how to make it as a business. Because if you love that, you can talk for five hours, for 10 hours straight, and you wouldn't be exhausted at the end of the day. But on the opposite side, you'll be so inspired by that. Thank you very much for sharing this with us. We find ourselves in this new era where we are confronted with the COVID-19 pandemic. Yeah. Has hindered or boosted your operations in any way? Well, Corona is here. Like it or not, we have to adjust to it. Uh, For us, it first hindered, but then boosted our business. I mean, when I say hindered, we had several projects that were put on hold or even completely stopped because they were dependent on physical events. We had a client from Norway that we were doing lead generation and we were actually screening for B2B exhibitions and events. And when the corona hit, all the B2B events halted. So we had to put the project on hold. Or we had another client from Ireland, which was an English learning school which was inviting corporations to actually come to Ireland and learn the language. So, you know, when Corona hit, they had to put the project on hold. On the other hand, no, even in addition, when we had upcoming projects with some companies that they were ready to actually sign up and start working with us, entrepreneurs, companies, investments, businesses, they all put their investment decisions on hold. I mean, during Corona, you don't want to spend half a million or a lot of money on a project. And since there there is uncertainty, you're saying, okay, let's Corona pass and then I'll see if I continue. So these projects were also on hold for us. However, on the other hand, we are in the B2B world and people are used to going to conferences, webinars, B2B events, physical stuff and talk with people and matchmaking. With the Corona, that was taken away from them. So they don't really had alternatives because as you see, when the Corona hit, they need to figure out a different way and different channels on how they can start finding for uh, leads and prospects and new clients. So 
for us, that actually brought us a lot of clients. We are here. We have the knowledge and expertise to do email and LinkedIn lead generation. And not just lead generation, lead nurturing, appointment settings, even helping them in, in the closing part. So all these businesses that were previously doing the physical way of lead generation, now they were pushed. They had to find a way fast of generating leads online. And we were here. So that brings us a lot of clients that were struggling and we were here to to help them. On the other hand, now with the COVID-19, it also helped us rediscover. I mean, you know, it started with work from home. It has effect on our operation. We had to start disbanding the team, working from home. Luckily, our service is digital, so people could just continue working from home. But on the other hand, it pushed us to shift from generalist to specialist. I mean, on our website, one month ago, you could come and see that we do market research, business planning, product sourcing, lead generation, and plenty of other services. But now, during this corona, we use the time to specialize. So now we, we have one service, one solution, and we want to be considered as experts in that field. So if you imagine a doctor, you have a doctor generalist when you go just to check you out, and you actually have a doctor which is a surgeon, heart surgeon, for example. So we actually moved from a general doctor that we can do anything that you need. We said, no, we're now specialist in heart surgery. And if you need that particular field, we are the expert. And it's interesting, Coffee, because then we become the go-to guy. You know, if you have 20 services, it's like, ah, it's a consulting company doing various services. When we said, no, we are B2B growth, then we become the go-to guy. If you have a B2B business and you want to grow, we are the guy. That shifted our business significantly. It was thanks to COVID-19 because that's the thing that actually pushed us to reevaluate where we are and, and where we want to go. I want to spend my time now talking about issues that you deal with on a daily basis. You spend your time helping businesses and companies. So I want you to advise people and businesses on several fronts. So let's start off with what would be your advice for someone who is desirous on starting a business? Yeah, honestly, I've talked with so many entrepreneurs that I've started finding finding patterns. Uh, there are a lot of people that like, I'm an entrepreneur, you know, they get together, have a few drinks. I have an idea. Let's do a business on this. And they come to us and say, I have an idea. I'll become a millionaire in six months or less. And for me, it's like, good luck. That's not going to work. On the other hand, I have people that actually spend some time as an employees working that particular thing and they become expert in that field. And then they're saying, you know what? I have the expertise. I think I want to start my own business. Business, and those entrepreneurs are highly more likely to succeed than the people that were just got an idea. And on the other hand, as I said previously, coffee is the passion. If the goal of the business is to make money, it will fade away. You're going to lose the ambition. You're going to lose the desire. However, if you're driven by passion and you actually want to do what you really love to do, then things change. Then time stops being counted and you lose yourself in the in the thing that you want to do. So we have a saying here in BSB and I really enforce it with every employee and with everybody. And there is a quote, I really don't know who said it, but I live by it every day. And it, it is saying, if you want to do something, you'll find a way to do it. If you don't, you will find an excuse why not to do it. And that really resonated with me. 
I mean, uh, so many times it's like, oh, but I cannot do that because of this, 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 this. And that's a lot of excuses on why you shouldn't do something. On the other hand, I know people with far less opportunities and they're like, okay, this problem came in. I found a way to go over it. Then another problem came in. I found another way of overcoming it. And I think that business is that just overcoming problems. I don't know a company that doesn't have a problem. As an entrepreneur, you have one complexity. As a startup, you have different complexity and different problems. As a corporation with the billions in revenues, you still have problems. It's just different level. So if you start with excuses why not to do something, you will never be able to grow. And this is also on a personal level. It's not just for a company. You need to start running to lose weight. Yeah, but uh, I don't have sneakers. I don't have music. The weather, it's cold. It's hot. It's it's too many excuses. On the other hand, if you really want to do it, you just do it. You want, It will be harder because of the problems, but you'll overcome them. So it's a really nice quote. I don't know who said it. I'll actually Google it to, to see. But it's stick in my head and it's always like this. If you really want to do something, you'll find a way. But if you don't, you'll just start finding excuses. Thank you very much. Now, how about for someone who is already in business? What would be your words of advice for such a person? Well, that is a fellow because he's already started. And I can just tell him the mistakes that I did because those are critical. If you have a business, start thinking about marketing. I didn't do it because I was a freelancer and it, it took me three years to realize that I actually need marketing in order to, to have a successful business. And on the other hand, you need to start building relationship with people. Networking is something that only few people talk about it. And it's really like a cloudy sentence. Well, you need to network and everybody's saying, yeah, 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 you need to network because it's important to be in a network and it's important to, to be part of a network. But I don't think that everybody understands the importance of network. When it comes to more expensive services or solution, nobody is just screening on Upwork or just Googling. People want to ask for referrals and I'll come to you and I say, Kofi, do you know anyone that is good in working with entrepreneurs? And then I, you need to have a go-to guy for that service. And in order to be that, you really need to specialize. And it's not just the specialization. People need to know about you. So... I also learned that a bit later, but the moment I did, I actually said, okay, what are the chambers, associations, organizations that I can join in? I'm not going to get a lot of clients from them. That's for sure, because it will be filled with alike people. So I'm currently member of the Macedonian Associations of Management Consultants, and they are like-minded people. I can even say they are competitors to me. But when you stop looking at them as a competitors, magic happens. I mean, coffee, I had more than 10 projects where I didn't got it from them, but they're saying, you know what, Dancho, you're outreach. I'm a financial guy. Let's apply together to a project opportunity that came up. And then I've realized that we're not really that competitors. We are actually complementary to each other in order to together reach new markets. So with the networking, we've realized that you're aligning yourself to other companies and other solution. And together you can actually make much better result than you just fighting yourself on the market only. Thank you very much. We are just about ending our conversation for today. Do you have any last words or advice for my listeners? Yeah, sure. Kofi, I really hope that your entrepreneurs will be inspired and take the courage and say, okay, I'm going to start that business. And yeah, if I want 
wanted to have excuses, then I wouldn't be here. But since they're actually listening to your podcast, they're making the effort. They are trying to find a way to do something. And if that's the case, my recommendation is don't find excuses, but find solutions. There will be always problems, just how you actually look at them. And the second biggest recommendation is people wait for an opportunity to emerge. And you shouldn't wait it. You need to chase an opportunity because if you just sit and waiting for someone to call you, yeah, someone will call you, but then you're missing all the opportunities of connecting with other people, of, uh, you know, business is a life matter. As you talk with people, you reshape your service, you upgrade your logic, you introduce new services. You, As you talk with people, you understand new market needs that you were not even aware before it. And then you think, okay, but I can actually add a new service. So if you start talking with people and if you start getting into the networking, is uh, very promising for entrepreneurs to succeed. And if they stop finding excuse and start finding solution, then I can guarantee that they will be a very successful entrepreneurs. Thank you very much, Dancho Demkov, for sharing your rich experiences <laughs> and journey with us. This is second time you got my name and surname right. So that is really good coffee. Thank you very much. I wish yeah. you the very best. I'm very grateful for having me on the, this podcast. I'm sure that all the entrepreneurs would love to hear all your podcasts because I understand the value that people need can do mistakes. Entrepreneurs have a lot of obstacles and don't know how to proceed. And this kind of podcast co coffee is actually a way that you can help entrepreneurs get insights from different entrepreneurs, uh, from entrepreneur to entrepreneur. So if I manage to help at least one entrepreneur from preventing them from making a mistake, I'm really grateful. Thank you very much for your words of advice and encouragement. This has been another exciting episode of the Entrepreneur Speaks podcast. Expect another amazing episode next time. I remain your host, Kofi Animedu. Stay safe and let's keep hope alive. Cheers. Bye-bye, everybody.